Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truths of good versus bad. Now all angels, be they good or bad, are subject to Jesus. The Christian needs to understand that no fallen angel can harm him or her. For greater is he that's in you than he, Satan, who's in the world, 1 John 4, 4. If you're a child of God, you're under God's hand. You're under God's control. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Literally, an angel means messenger, and in the case of the angel Gabriel, we see him doing such deeds for God as announcing the birth of the Christ child in the Gospel of Luke. But as we've been studying, there are fallen angels too, not only wicked in nature, but delighting in making others wicked. And those are the ones Pastor Xavier will be examining today as he continues his series of the Doctrine of Angels on today's Simple Truths. Even the most pagan person knows that the world in which they live in is not simply physical or material. But they understand that it's spiritual in nature. For God created man in his image, in his likeness, with the capacity to worship. And he created us to worship him. But since the fall, we worship other things besides God. We have corrupted the worship of God by rejecting the knowledge that man has possessed and twisting it and perverting it in ways to worship and to serve the creature rather than the creator, which is blessed forevermore, as Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 23 down to 28. The Christian needs to understand that no fallen angel can harm him or her, for greater is he that's in you than he, Satan, who's in the world, 1 John 4, 4. You're under God's control. Now, what we want to focus more specifically on is the ministry of fallen angels to see what the scriptures have to say regarding these angels that are fallen or demons. So let's begin here with the origin of demons. Demons are simply fallen angels. The fallen angels are under Satan's authority. Remember the Pharisees accused Jesus of casting out demons by the prince of Beelzebub in Matthew 12, 24. Jesus identified Beelzebub as Satan and said this, How can Satan cast out Satan? A divided house cannot stand. In Matthew 12, 25 and 26. And so these fallen angels are related to Satan's rebellion. He's the prince. He's the ruler of them. And Jesus was casting them out. The fallen angels are said to be his. Satan and his angels, Matthew 25, 41. Gehenna, the lake of fire, was prepared for no one but Satan and his angels. You have the authority of Jesus. The record of Satan's rebellion is recorded in two books. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14, and Ezekiel 28, 11 through 18. We will be looking at that in depth. 
Satan led one-third of the angels in rebellion. Revelation 12, 4 tells us that. His tail drew a third of the angels of heaven. Revelation 12, 7 and 9 says the dragon and his angels. It's always a reference to Satan and his angels. The dragon and his angels. And those angels are demons that are cast out by Jesus. The bad angels of darkness that are bound, as we said, fall under two categories. Those permanently bound in chains in Tartarus, in 2 Peter 2, 4 and Jude 6, for leaving their proper domain or estate of heaven. Those temporarily bound are temporarily bound in the bottomless pit. And they will be loosed in the great tribulation in Revelation 9, 2 and 14. So permanently bound, temporarily bound. The permanently bound are probably related to those who attempted to cohabitate. And others that perhaps did some things that God just says, now they're just too bad, I'm going to just permanently bind them. The bad angels of darkness that are loose also fall into two categories, as we said. Those demons that seem to possess people, unbelievers, never believers, and we'll deal with that. Demons are fallen angels. The evil spirits that seem to influence people also. So they possess some and they influence others. And so the Bible very clearly teaches that fallen angels are demons. That is the clearest understanding as I study them. If I compare scripture with scripture. Mayor Perlman in his book, Knowing the Doctrine of the Bible, says this. With lightning speed and noiseless movements, they pass from place to place. They inhabit the spaces of the air above us. Some we know to be concerned with our welfare. Others are set on our harm. The inspired writers draw aside the curtain and give us a glimpse of this invisible world in order that we may be both encouraged in this invisible world in order that we may be both encouraged and warned. Encouraged and warned. Encouraged because we have many that are for us and warned because there are many that are against us. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. In fact, Paul the Apostle in Romans 8 says, neither life nor death nor angel nor principality can separate you from the love of God, right? You see, the only that can separate you from God is you. Nobody else can. Because God respects your will. No angel can separate you from God. Death can't even separate you. But think about it. You can. Because God doesn't force you to go to heaven. Just like he doesn't force you to go to hell. It's a choice. And so this is what the Bible teaches about the origin of demons. Now, secondly, the nature of demons. First, demons are spirit beings, just like we saw in our first study of angels. These demons, which are fallen angels, have no physical body or form, which usually fall under the title of corporal. That means they have a body, a physical body. Non-corporal means you have no physical body. 
Since they are fallen angels, then it follows that they are of the same kind as the good angels. Psalm 104, verse 4 says, Who makes his angels spirits, his ministers of flame of fire. So you have the good angels like that, then you have the bad angels on the other side, right? Follow. These demons are said to be Satan's angels, as we've seen in Matthew 25, 41. So there's two sides, light and darkness, God and Satan. Since they originated from heaven, then they must most likely fall under the same classes that we saw last time. In other words, there are regular angels, there are cherubim, there are seraphim, and there are archangels. So what exists on God's side probably exists on Satan's side because they originated from heaven, right? These demons have their part in the subdivision or ranks that are described in Ephesians, which include both faithful and fallen angels. Ephesians 1, 20 and 21, and Ephesians 6, 12. Principalities, which means first ones, preeminent ones, leaders. Powers, meaning authorities and spirits, demons of Satan's in the lower atmosphere that make up his kingdom. Rulers of darkness refers to the world rulers of darkness. So you have angels who are fallen, who are demons, who are spirits, who influence world leaders. We see this through history. Hitler sought the white masters throughout his ruling in Central and South America. His right-hand man was a Chandler or demons. Interesting. Wicked spirits to the spirit forces of perniciousness. That's what they are. Just vulgar, permissive, licentious. We might look at these, as we said last week, as privates, corporals, lance corporals, sergeants, staff sergeants, etc. Now these demons are distinct from the fallen angels that are bound under the two categories. Those permanently bound in Tartarus are bound. Second Peter 2, 4, Jude 6, and those temporarily bound are in the pit in Revelations 9, 2, and 14. So they're distinct from those. These demons are some of the fallen angels that are loose, which also fall into the two categories. The demons that possess people, and again, they're non-believers. And the spirits that seem to influence people in their activities, and in their lives. So, some possess, others influence. Those are the loose ones. Okay? Secondly, demons are strong. The demons were not stronger than Jesus, though. Demons being fallen angels are created beings, therefore they are not omnipotent, meaning they're not all-powerful. Demons... Since they were created, were created lower than the Godhead, but higher than fallen man. That's important. They're stronger than us. They're mightier than us. 
The demons are stronger than natural man who was created a little lower than the angels, the scriptures tell us. Mark 5, 2 through 4, it says, And when he had come out of the boat, speaking of Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shekels and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shekels broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Often demon-possessed people have supernatural strength. In fact, years ago, we were up at the conference center in a pastor's conference, and there was a girl that weighed no more than 85, 89 pounds, they believe was demon-possessed, and um, several of the pastors went to minister unto her, and... Um, this little girl threw 180, 200-pound men. Supernatural strength. The demons are clearly identified as we look at the scriptures. The noun form appears 60 times in the King James Version. In classical Greek, the terms refer to lesser gods, whether they be good or bad in the classical Greek sense. The verb appears 13 times in the New King James, all of them in the Gospels. But the noun 60 times. Now the King James translated the two words in the Greek, devil or devils, plural. But there is only one devil. So the New King James makes a better translation. He calls them demon, demons, and then there's other terms that are used, unclean spirits or evil spirits, and a different Greek word, because there's only one devil. So they're better translated demons or demon, and then other Greek phrases are unclean spirit, or evil spirits, okay? All of them identify fallen angels. But these in their category possess people and others influence people. We're going to take a closer look at possession next time in their activities. We're just going to give a basic understanding from these two points tonight. In fact, Paul the Apostle preaching at Athens, Luke tells us, that certain Epicureans and Stoic philosophers encountered him and, and, and some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign diamonions, demons. But the word is foreign, strange gods. There's the classical use, you see. They use that word for their gods, good or bad. The Bible uses the word for demons. It says, because he preaches to them Jesus and the resurrection. So they just included Jesus as one more of the inferior gods. So evil spirits, unclean spirits, demons are all fallen angels. And different phrases are used. Because demons possess, 
and evil and wicked spirits influence. And you have those two distinctions. Now, thirdly, demons have knowledge and understanding which provides them a certain level of wisdom, okay? Certainly not superior to God's, but for their activities. Demons know that Jesus is the Son of God, by the way. Listen to Mark 8, 29. What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? <laughs> Everybody's going, is that Jesus? No, no, he's the Son of Joseph. No, he's the Son of Mary. No, there's another brothers and that. Demons say, hi, Jesus, how you doing? Son of God? James says, you believe? That's good. Demons believe. But at least they tremble. And there'll never be one demon in heaven. At Capernaum in the synagogue in Mark 1.24, there was a man with an unclean spirit, as you know, and he said, let us alone, the demon. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. They knew. They know exactly, so they have that knowledge. They understand who he is. Demons know their destiny also. Matthew 8, 29, have you come here to torment us before the time? They have certain knowledge. Mark 1, 24, did you come to destroy us? They know their end. Demons know they are to operate in the sphere of their wicked character also. In Scripture, they cause at times maladies, infirmities, dumbness, deafness, sickness. We saw that last time. There are many Scriptures. We don't need to go all over them. You're familiar with the Gospels. There's many instances. His kingdom is described as the kingdom of wicked spirits. In Ephesians 6, 12, wicked spirits. And the word wicked or wickedness, either way, is poneria, which means depraved or malicious from the root word poneros, evil in nature, and is used for Cain, for Satan, and the world system in 1 John 3, 12, 5, 18, and 5, 19. Ponros. Not only wicked in nature, but they delight in making others wicked. In fact, Paul tells the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians eleven fifteen. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. There's nothing that Satan likes to use his demons and evil spirits for than to contaminate people in a seemingly good manner, to corrupt them. And he's done that through education, through logic, through reasoning, and many other things, through the advances of science. We kill babies. And of course, it's only right because a woman has a right to her body. I don't think so. John tells us in 1 John 4, 1, that many spirits have gone on into the world, the cosmos, worldly system. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God's, 
because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There seems to be a degree of their wickedness that's focused upon at various degrees, according to Jesus. Listen, Matthew 12, 45 says, Then he goes, speaking about demons, and he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. So the wickedness of demons varies, just like with the wickedness of men vary. Some guys are so bad, they make bad guys look good. The same with demons. In the foundation of Pentecostal theology, the book, let me read you something here. It may be asked why we do not see this sort of manifestation in the United States more often. And of course, this book was written a good 20 years ago. Demons are very wise and unable to adapt themselves to the cultural environment of place and age. In an educated and highly cultured community, they do not reveal themselves as roaring lions, but as angels of light. Their presence may be unsuspected, but their purpose in opposing God is often accomplished, even in moral and exemplary lives. It is possible that some highly educated individual who oppose the word of God in a sophisticated rationalism are tools of demons in a more efficient manner than those who suffer the cruder manifestations of demon activity as seen in the heathen countries. Many times only the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits can detect their presence in 1 Corinthians 12, 10. And so Satan is clever. The greatest, greatest PR that Satan can spread is that he doesn't exist. If Satan can get people to believe that he doesn't exist, they're in danger. And of course, if they don't believe Satan exists, they can't believe that demons and fallen angels exist. And when you don't think something exists and it does, and what you believe that doesn't exist is evil, then you're open to destruction. And I'm talking about a non-believer because we as believers do believe. And so you look to our society today, you see its openness for destruction. And I'm going to deal with this more in depth next time on our last point as we look at demon activities mainly focusing on possession and all that's going on in the United States in our society, in our world today. And so this is what the Bible teaches about the nature of demons. We cannot go beyond what the Bible says. We cannot add to it. And we certainly don't want to ignore what it records. It's been revealed for our good for our knowledge so that we can deal with reality because we are in a spiritual warfare. So we need to put on the armor of God. 
and we'll deal with that next time. Pastor Xavier Reese, setting up our next discussion by letting us know that the enemy is out there, but we've been provided a solid and victorious defense. We've been listening to a very important message titled, Fallen Angels or Demons. Now, if this is a topic that provokes your attention, as well it should, may we recommend that you contact us for a copy of the full, unedited message, enabling you to carefully examine this important study impacting us every day of our lives. Now, for just $4, we can get one into your hands, whether you prefer it on CD or cassette. Once again, you'll be asking for the title, Fallen Angels or Demons. Request yours at Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please include the call letters of this station with your correspondence. That information is important as we continue this radio ministry. Television, movies, even best-selling children's books seem to have an affinity for portraying paranormal and demonic activity. Well, next time, Pastor Xavier gives us the simple truths of Scripture of what's really occurring behind the scenes. Hope to see you then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com